0: Good evening welcome to the Irish NFL Show. Day two of free agency, free agency frenzy, free agency madness, whatever you want to call it. When we when we closed up at 10 p.m. last night, we suggest there could be numerous deals over the course of the next 24 hours, which will bring us back for another show. And that's how it's played out. Delighted to be back with Colin Cronin, Frankie Yavis. Uh, busy 24 hours, guys, and uh, we'll start in a minute. But obviously, I want to call it the fact that we have. USA Sports and on board as a as a sponsor of the show, and now they came on over the course of the last couple of weeks. So we're delighted to have them on on board. Um, there's some great prizes to give away this week. We have already we have an NFL hat. Just follow our new uh, YouTube channel, which we've been just called to action. We'll put that information out over their social media platforms over the course of the next few days. And of course, there's some great discounts on offer if you're buying online or if you're going into the shop in the ILAC Center in Dublin. Um, Colin, Frankie, you. are very welcome. How are you, Stephen?
1: Doing well. Doing well. You know, it's been an exciting time. Excited to be back on here with you boys. You know, it's moves are flying left and right. I'm sure more deals will get done as we're on the on the call here. So it's an exciting time. You know, it's it's a, it's it's like Christmas morning. You know, who's gonna who's gonna be in the presence underneath the tree? Well, you always know when it's
2: Christmas morning for Brian and Frankie because the Giants gear comes out. If it's not the, the NY top, there'll be a Saquad jersey in the, the background. A big win, a big signing. I, I think one of us is particularly happy this evening.
0: Yeah, well, I actually, I wasn't going to start with the Giants in front of but I was actually going to start with the Raiders. And we started with the Raiders last night in terms of we discussed the fact that Jimmy... Jimmy G had signed there and then early today they secured uh, Jacoby Myers who people were suggesting was the number one wide receiver available in free years and we've had the articles around people's feel it's a poor wide receiver talent and Steve O'Rourke who's a good friend of the show kind of put out a message today saying why something along the lines of why am I being punished what have I done to deserve all this because obviously he wasn't very happy with the Jimmy G contract yesterday and he didn't seem too pleased with the uh with the signing of Jacoby Myers, we'll get into the trade that's happened later on this evening in a couple of minutes because obviously it does uh, involve my team. But I'm just um, myself and Frankie spoke briefly before we went on you know, went live. Just interesting to hear it i So I'll start with you, Frankie. Like, Jacoby Myers, it's a, it's a strange one. And bearing in mind the kind of money that's been put on the table, I'm not sure when it's are a Raiders going in a completely different path that none of us are seeing, none of us are expecting.
1: Yeah, I mean, Josh McDaniels just seems to be doing it again. He's completely tearing it down and kind of restarting from where he wants to start. And uh, I guess that's just the way he's going to go about it. Jacoby Myers is fine. I think he's, I don't want to say, you know, worth worth the contract. It seems like any receiver nowadays that hits the open market is going to end up getting a deal that's north of like $10, 11000000 million, kind of no matter their quality. But Jacoby Myers has been productive for his last couple of years in New England. So I think it's a fine pairing to put out there. But I mean... Yeah, it's just kind of, it, it's very interesting to see where it's just like, I don't know necessarily what their plan is going forward. It it seems like a decent little landscape for a young quarterback to come into and have at least a somewhat okay environment around him. But the stories that you hear coming out about like how Josh McDaniels handles players' relationships, I mean, it's not just with the Raiders, obviously. This has been a issue now for almost going on a decade, so it's kind of just like, man... I, how how deep are the Raiders willing to dig themselves in this Josh McDaniels hole necessarily? If it kind of continues on this path of he's not really upsetting anybody, I don't think this team is really getting much better per se. I think you could argue they've even gotten a little bit worse. So yeah,
0: column they've also picked up um, and it's only kind of come out the last era. So if you haven't heard this from this, maybe is a bit of a breaking news for you. But Philip Dorsett, the wide receiver, he was with the Texans last year and he's on the kind of the wrong end of his his career. He's also gone to the Raiders uh, this evening. So they brought in kind of two ex. Is he essentially just trying to rebuild by players in which he knows from his previous experience having been with the Patriots? And he feels comfortable with these guys. He feels comfortable with Jimmy having worked with him as well in, in New England. Like, And then obviously the GM has a background in New England. Like it's essentially, let's run it back and get as many ex-Patriots players in as possible.
2: Well, we, as Broncos fans, we tried to warn the Raiders. We saw it all play out. This, I mean, this is, this is uh, like a much better version of Josh McTaniel's, uh than what happened at the Broncos where he just, you know, basically um, set fire to my High and poured a whole load of petrol on top of it. It. Some some strange decisions you, you would have to say. I actually thought the contract for um Jacob Myers was okay, given the his talent and I thought that was okay, but it's difficult to, to say that they have gotten better, as Frankie says. You look at this and you kinda go, I mean, they, they moved on from from Carr who I and I, I've been pretty critical of Derek Carr and I can understand you want to move on, but you get Chewy Garoppolo. And Carr had a huge amount of history. I thought he'd done a great job during uh, a, a really tough year a couple of years ago in terms of holding that franchise together. Wouldn't they? It so easily could have really come apart at the the seams given everything that had gone on with the head coach and one of the players being involved in a, a fatal accident. And Carr was the one holding that all together. So you might move on from him. I think fans probably would have gotten behind it if they had, you know. Gone either with an exciting young QB or if they'd gone with a mobile QB, it's very difficult to understand exactly what the approach is here. And again, they're in a division where you're dealing with the best team in football, you're dealing with the Chiefs, you're dealing with the anti-rated bash Mahomes. And it just feels like they're kind of treading water, if not, you know, going backwards a little bit. So yeah, I mean, as much as they are divisional rivals for the Raiders fans, who are, you know, vociferous, uh, and 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 have suffered over the last few years with the team to camping to Las Vegas, it it's been a, a tough few years for them. Um, and it is it's difficult to see this ending in anything other than Josh McDaniel's when the contract is done. There was. People who scoffed last year when it was said that, you know, the Raiders couldn't afford, they wouldn't move on from Josh McDaniels because they couldn't afford to move on from Josh McDaniels. It's feeling a lot more that that is certainly the case.
0: And now five o'clock this evening, then it came out. Um, and as I said, we've had Raiders fans kind of today question what's going on. Um, it was announced that they have traded Darren Waller, their standout marquee, Tied in, who's been very productive for him over the course of the few years. Had a number of injury concerns, and maybe that's factored into why they've agreed to the trade. But he's been traded to the Giants. Um, third round pick, the 100th pick of the draft, which is the pick, the compensation pick that the Chiefs received. And then, in turn, was handed over to the Giants on, as, on, as part of the Kadarius Tony trade. Um, the contract itself, and we again, we spoke about it briefly. The Giants have been out after a year. No cap here. Since he's taken on the contract. For the Giants, it's a, it's a year's need, and like Giants fans are very pleased tonight. If he's on the field and if he's fit and he's healthy, he's one of the better tight ends in the league. The pass catching tight end, he's a touchdown machine in the red zone. But obviously the injury is a concern. But the Giants have maneuvered it well. That sense, so they're taking on this contract. They've got to know, um, from their standpoint, it's a good deal. But again, I think Raiders fans tonight will be questioning, well, what <clears throat> why have we gone down this road? Why have, have we decided to? to walk away from Freddie. Freddie uh, Frankie, sorry, your thoughts on this
1: one? Yeah, man. I mean, with Darren Waller, I, it's, it's interesting. I love the move for the Giants. You know, they need a target over the middle in that offense. I think he's kind of, when you're looking at the pass catchers that were, like, available on the market and people that were, like, on the trade block, I think he was a very underrated option. Obviously, you have the injury concerns over the last couple of years. But like you said, you're only dedicating one guaranteed year of money on the salary cap. It's basically a pretty safe dice roll, I'd say, to, you know, see, is this guy going to be able to be a long-term contributor for us? Is he maybe a one-year-and-done type of guy, and we can just move on, pretend it never happened, all it costs, this was a third-round pick. You know, I don't think it's a horrible move, but, I mean, just kind of touching back on the Raiders for a point, it's just, it, or for a second, it's so interesting because it's like, it seems like what they're doing is they're recognizing that the current like makeup of their roster wasn't ever really going to be enough to compete with the Chiefs and Mahomes, which I think is a fine like thing. I don't think it's a horrible decision for them to like take a step back to try to eventually take a bigger step forward. That's fine. But it's so weird doing it after what they did last offseason and what I'd say a lot of the teams in the AFC West did last offseason where they're just loading up for this arms race. Like this was a team that did a lot to try to acquire as much talent as possible and now it seems like a year later they're recognizing the error in their ways and they're just trying to unload it and that that creates so much uncertainty in the locker room i mean one thing i always you know i think is admirable about a lot of these good organizations you talk about teams that have you know good coaches and are consistently developing good players there needs to be a uniform vision from top down, from ownership to coaching to like even the players in the room to know like what the direction of the team is, what are the goals, what do I need to do to help like acquire those goals. It needs to be very like clear and concise from top down. I mean, the Raiders just very clearly do not have that concise message right now.
0: Column, at the start of the week, Giants, um, I thought the pinpoint of where they need to cover most of the kind of concerns of last year was wide well, receiver. Not an outstanding. Tight end, that's been answered this evening. Uh linebacker in signing last night, which is again would be deemed to be a marquee so in Burnham, when you look at the top five in Bobby um O'Kirke from the Colts and then they brought in rotational defensive tackle from the Bucks who was with the Chiefs previously. Um yeah, and then obviously today again it's a continuous story of more so around the fact that they didn't lose any of their coaches staff. There was a lot of talk to Martin Dale, Mako and Kafkin we get the cardinals job at the end. People are saying that Josh has done a great job so far. Uh, should is it? It's too early again to be getting into this crazy world of where everything's hunky dory and the giants are going in the right in the right direction.
2: Well, it'll it's going to be very interesting, and I think the reason for that is, so we're we're right we're right in the middle of talking on about free agency, all about the the contracts and everything like that, and we always do caveat it with you know the numbers seem great, and then then you got to really break it down and see. But there's a a lot of excitement when, you know, teams spend big. And uh, I saw a piece yesterday where Field Yates had come out and kind of said about, like, the highest spending teams and what had happened the next year. And, um, you know, the... The, the spike in, and it was 2016 the giants had five more after being the top spenders and free agency at five more wins the jags in 2017 at seven more wins the bears seven more wins in 2018 and so on uh, so on and um that seems great until the year after and, and then you kind of look at, and you see what happened uh after that and while the the giants um have a great um 2016 2017 was uh, a disaster. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that that always correlates. But I am intrigued for some of these teams that, you know, spent big, say, last year, um, you know, what, what that might mean or some teams spending big this year. The Giants are in a position this year where, you know, they have somebody. Last year, they found themselves dealing with the Dave Gettleman situation. Um, this year, it feels like they've much more sensible. We we know they've coached the year, but in terms of Joe Shane, we know that they have a, a GM there who, you know, seems to take a very sensible approach to things. Frankie and you have already talked about uh the the fact that the Waller money is only up one year kind of up front. And it's worth rolling the dice I mean he's had his injury issues, but I have watched him um you know destroy teams at times and he can be absolutely unplayable. So I, I just think you never want to get Carried away at this time of the year, right? The Chargers probably being the ultimate. How many times? How many years have the Chargers won the offseason? Well, the Chargers have been pretty quiet thus far. uh, You would have to say, and maybe they'll actually prefer it that way for for a change. So I think the Giants can you know, be reasonably happy with the way things have gone. As you said, I think that continuity on the coaching staff, particularly when it was such a young coaching staff, and, you know, they needed time to to get better down. So, look, expectations will be higher next season. They have to be higher n- next season. But I, I really think for the Giants, they, they are still, you know, not past exactly where Gettleman left them, the, the mess. They're still in the midst of cleaning it up. So I'd have to say, given the business they, they have done, you have to look at it and say, yeah, reasonably happy with, with that thus far.
0: You are talking about team spending big and, and the aftermath of, in terms of the year after, but obviously it was very evident going into yesterday and leading up to free agency. Tampa period that the Bears were going to, you know, really go strong and go heavy because they have so many holes to need. And we saw that yesterday and it was, when it closed out last night with Marcus Walker coming in from the Titans, they kind of underrated pass rush rate, seven sacks last year. And the Raiders essentially have rebuilt a defence, you know, within reason with three or four marquee signings. And it does have a feel of a, of a Giants 2016 unity. They did so much to rebuild that defence that worked the first year. But you're talking about managing expectations. Like, for a Bears team, now that would be in a division with, and would, you know, Carmen said last night, she would see the Lions as the team. As the frontrunners for the division, you've got the Packers like we really still don't know where we're at with that, and we'll probably come to it in a couple of minutes because Aaron Rogers Hinch has given his wish list to the backers, Sorry, to the Jets of who he wants in before he signs. But um, like, where do where? And again, look, we're we've, we're very early. We're talking about the Bears being from one to nine. But what's the expectation for this bear team? Because the more players they bring in, and the NFL is such a unique sport in the sense of one year is very different to the next. league, like, can we really see the Bears being in the position this year with every challenge? I'll come to you, Frank. You see what your thoughts are. Like, what do you think of this? crazy in his span for the Bears is it going to hit them in the long run Is Ryan Pauls, you know everybody seems to think that Ryan Pauls doing a fantastic job but where are you are you saw the all of these moves it all comes down to
1: Justin Fields at the end of the day I think that they have done enough to somewhat start surrounding him I like the Nate Davis move. even though uh, like I said yesterday they're not we're not necessarily sure where they're going to end up where he's going to end up playing uh, I love the DJ Moore move they've made a lot of acquisitions that I do enjoy I, I do think that they've maybe overpaid a little bit for Demarcus Walker but, um, like, they've, they've made decent acquisitions. But the big thing this year is going to be, do we see that continued leap from Justin Fields? I think we saw it last year, but as, like, the injuries piled up a little bit, he didn't get necessarily shine so much. Uh, people like to kind of knock him more on a, as a passer, I think, than he does. But he obviously needs to clean up a lot of the turnovers. But it's all about Justin Fields. And I think, honestly, if he makes that leap, like, Bears fans should expect them to be a team that's, like, I don't want to say like contending for a Super Bowl or anything, but completely in a wild card position, you know, looking to try to scrape out maybe double digit wins, maybe a nine win season. They can completely be in that window. I mean, now that they actually have like a decent little receiver tandem, especially if they could add another body in the draft or something to work with their quarterback, their offensive line seems to be improving. They seem to be building around the trenches and they've got flexibility. You know, like this team is not done, I think, adding pieces, whether that be the draft, free agency, obviously not the draft yet. But, uh, you know, this is a team that I think does have a bright future. I do think that they're on, like, the right pathway. And, I mean, you know, again, when you talk about do they have that much potential, it all rides on that quarterback. But I think, again, last year they, they did not put him in a great situation to show the flashes that you want to see out of second-year QB, and I think he still showed those flashes. Now they've actually given him, I think, a weapon comparable to what we saw Stefan Diggs, Diggs do for Josh Allen's career and DJ Moore maybe not quite that level of receiver, but a guy who you can consistently rely on to get a thousand yards, a true separator, a true one, you know. Uh so I, I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty bearish on the uh on the on the uh the Bears.
0: Yeah, we spoke on the podcast on like on them, the fact that they now have three wide receivers. Like we talked we look back to what they had available to them at the start of season they're now in a position where they got Chase Claypool, more how Mooney who in his own right could could walk into a number of NFL teams. I'm going to flip it slightly and I'm going to flip it over to your team guys because I'm interested to hear what your thoughts are on the Broncos. There's, there's a couple of things I want to throw throw here. One, I'm not sure if you've heard the news even that the Bengals, former Bengals running back Pirine is uh, signed for the, for the Broncos. I think that's a, that's a good move. We saw towards the end of the season how reliant they came became for him with the Bengals when it wasn't really working for Joe Mixon. But obviously last night, late into the night, there was two deals in particular. I'm, I'm interested to hear your thoughts. It's more on a, the financial side because... And as uh, Frank, today you were very good in terms of putting out a comment that the narrative quickly changed, that people were suggesting that Alan, who's coming for the Cardinals, is a better fit than Draymond Jones, and you quickly said, no, no I'm not going to have any that, I'm not going to agree to that. The, the numbers on each deal were very similar. And for Draymond Jones to go to Seattle, bearing in mind, of the year in which, fortunately over the, where the Seahawks and the Bronx are tagged for numerous reasons over the course of the last year. for So for him to leave and go to Seattle is another kind of one that was an axe to grind in terms of going there, and obviously he feels like he's been not treated correctly from the outside looking in. That's the perception with the Broncos. They quickly then bring in Alan from the Cardinals. I'm just interested. I'll go to you, force column. you thoughts on the two deals, and, and the, I suppose the numbers, they, they seem very consistent and similar, so you'd wonder why the Broncos didn't do their utmost to maintain a player that was really really good for them last year.
2: I, I think the reason is simply I, I don't know if Draymond wanted to be there. I think it comes down to that. I think sometimes the headlines are what we kind of focus on, right? We focus only only on the money. And I, I think Draymond Jones is a guy who made his feelings kind of very clear around some of the moves that the Broncos um, made last year around the fact that, um you know, they traded... Bradley Chubb and Giro um, Giro like moved on, and sometimes players want a fresh start. And so, if the money was somewhat similar, um, you know, he he had the opportunity. He to feel maybe what you you get it. Like think think about it. like any like for any of us in any job. Sometimes if you don't feel appreciated, if you don't feel that an organization has gone out of its way, you know, getting a bump in in, in salary can come a bit late. It's like when you go for a new job and you know your your old job kind of counters and makes an offer and then you've got the decision. But very often if, if you end up staying, you kind of all the problems that you had previously surface again. So it might be that he just wants a you know, a, a fresh start. I you know, given it a, the Broncos' recent history with Seattle. It sucks that he go to Seattle, but I'm sure for him, maybe, if he did want it, that's got to be a kind of a nice boost as well. They're also a team who, you know, had an amazing draft. The draft class is absolutely fantastic. And they, you know, have, obviously, picks this year. So he's looking at it and thinking, this is the team on on the up. Why wouldn't I want to go there? And also, you know, if he's getting the money... The NFC side, like why can't the Seahawks compete? The we, we know about all the QBs and the, the battles in the AFC. So there are all sorts of things that kind of go into to that decision. I think he's a fantastic player. Um I think he will be a very good pickup for the the Seahawks. But um I think there was a lot more to it than simply the the money. And I think sometimes we as fans don't get to see everything that maybe goes on behind the scenes.
0: Frankie, Does Zach Allen uh, signing from the Cardinals, um, I touched on there that you you kind of got into a bit of a back of forth on, on social today around your thoughts on him, but he's a good player. Were, were you surprised because, like people didn't expect the Broncos to be so aggressive. Or I thought it would be more methodical in terms of what kind of players they were going after, but they've been quite aggressive over the course of 36 hours. Were you surprised by this?
1: Uh, yeah, no, the aggression has been real. It's It's a bit of a shock. I guess, like, you know, you knew the Walmart money was going to have a big effect. You know, you get rich owners, you're going to end up spending a lot. But like, wow, you know, like this is this is a team that I believe right now they've spent like a hundred million dollars more on day one than any other team did. I think it was something around that, or I don't know. They've spent an absurd amount of money. As for Zach Allen, Zach Allen's a good player. I have no issues with Zach Allen. Uh, he's very he's he's a little less consistent, I'd say, than Draymond. Like uh, he has not had the same levels of production over the last couple of years. Has also had some injury. Uh, like his, his rookie year, he ended up missing some time with a neck injury. I believe he's had a foot injury as well. Said he's, he's had to miss some time over his career, not that Draymond hasn't. But uh, yeah, man, they're both fine players. Uh, Zach Allen's gotten to develop under uh, Vance Joseph for a couple of years now, so it does make sense to see him kind of favor his own guy. And I completely agree with what column said. I think behind the scenes, Draymond Jones wasn't necessarily happy with what was happening in Denver, as I think a lot of the defensive players haven't been for the past couple of years. This is a team that has said we are willing to dismantle or kind of not value our defenders as much in favor of building this offense or trying to fix this offense, which is a fine position to take, but you're going to upset your defensive players doing that. So, you know, I do think that there was some part of it that Draymond definitely, or maybe didn't want to stay here too much. There was the also, so Draymond's deal is a bit more front loaded. I believe next year he gets like a 23 and a half million dollar cap hit where Zach Allen's is only like 7.8. So maybe that was part of it, you know, that Draymond wanted to get more money right away. But I don't think that's the case. I think Draymond probably wanted a fresh start. I think this offered Denver an opportunity to get a bit of a younger, cheaper player that's already played under uh, Vance Joseph's defense for the past couple of years, and again, a talented guy. It it has it has really nothing to do with his talent. It's just that when it comes to pure production on the field, up until this point into uh up until this point into their career, Draymond Jones has just been more productive. It's just kind of that simple. The Draymond Jones is more productive as a pass rusher. He collapses pockets better. That's just kind of the way it goes. So, yeah.
0: Colin, I'm going to put up a, a comment from Jerry because last night he touched on the fact that he was hoping that the Rogers news would be announced Was we were <clears throat> on live, but um hasn't come to pass. But the report that's come out today is that, um well, there's a couple of things. One is that there's a talk of, of a bonus structure payment that's needs to be done by the Friday, and they're trying to hire now who pays it, whether it's the Packers or whether it's the Jets, who absorb that payment. That's one thing that's... Holding it up, but the second one is that Aaron Rodgers is given a list of potential targets in which he wants um, he wants the Jets to go after. One of which is Alan is and he signed a big contract tonight to sign for the for the Jets. Would make it again, make you believe that it's only a matter of time for Rodgers. You know ones he wants OBJ in, which again potentially could be the case because Bojan Kuzma is four four or five teams negotiating him on the back of his workout last week in Arizona. He wants Mercedes Lewis. I think is hitting 39-40 Tight end who was with the uh, Packers, he won't see me in, and then there's another person on the list, which, which escapes me. Like, this does have the feel of Brady type esque when he went to Tampa. It, uh, you know, they got Brown in despite his off the field antics, and there was a couple of other players that they brought in that sit with the, ski- the scheme which they were going to play. But, like, is this wish list? Is it, do you believe it? Is it realistic to think that he can have all these players? Because if you look at the Jets, which they already have, and, you know, People feel that the reason why they're not in the playoffs, you know, in the, in the season which we just had, is the fact that the quarterback situation let them down. But they've got a strong defense. They've had the rookie offensive player of the year. They've had the rookie defensive player of the year. I can't recall the last time the same team had it. Like, is this just bananas now? That essentially he's calling the shots. Like we joked on our on our social today, is he the new GM as well? Is Joe, is Joe Douglas moving aside? But it, it just had that feel about it that essentially he what, what he wants, he gets. Yeah, and, and, and but very often that is the
2: way with superstar QBs. You know, it doesn't tend to be as public as, as this, but generally, you know, we, we talked about it before. I mean, the interesting thing, maybe, and probably because he wasn't superstar superstar, but say take the Derek Carr situation, we talked about the fact that you get clashes between head coaches and QBs uh, in, in the NFL, and a lot of the time it player power that wins it's the the head coach that ends up kind of moving on so that the roger stuff it's surprising that in some ways that it's kind of so public and um you know we we now know that you know obviously he's going to go on pat mcafee uh tomorrow and this is probably you know a situation where i think it was andrew branch kind of pointed out that um Rodgers has all kind of the leverage here because what are the Jets going to do if he doesn't go there? You know, they, their options are extremely limited. Like, for the Jets, they have done a great job for the most part of putting, a, you know, of rebuilding a team that was really in the doldrums, But But missing on that, you know, second overall pick has had, a, you know, catastrophic impact on them and they now find themselves in, in this situation you know Aaron Rodgers is a Hall of Fame quarterback and they don't become available very often so you're going to I think when you haven't been in the playoffs for 11 years you're going to end up putting up with a lot of the the nonsense I imagine they wish it wasn't happening but you know this is this is the Aaron Rodgers this is what he brings now, you know, this has been, this isn't new. Like the Pat McAfee stuff has been going on for a a couple of years. I don't think anyone can be um, that surprised by, by any of it, but I think you know, desperate, desperate teams get desperate. And I I get it when you're the jets and you look at it because all the other pieces are in place. You have, you know, you've got a window. You're Robert Sala. You need to win You're Douglas. You need to win. You feel that Rogers gives you that chance.
0: Frankie, yeah, a report there last week. Derek Carr, if it was him, had made it very clear to him, well, Zach Wilson hanging around it just becomes another storyline. But um, Zach Wilson will, will be hanging around in the background if Aaron Rogers comes in. But where does that really realistically leave him? Mike White, aside for the Dolphins, nice contract, 16 million, two years. The way too it is with injuries, it wouldn't surprise us if Mike White's playing at some stage next season, Tensely beat the Jets. But, like, are you, are you fed up with the Rogers here in this stage? Like, it's, it's just so. So old news. I don't. I, why do we keep talking about it? Because people keep asking questions and putting comments in about it. We have to talk about
1: it. It's it's exhausting at this point. Like to a certain point, you really have to wonder. Like, is it is it even going to be worth it? You know, like I'm not trying to you know knock on Rodgers or knock on what the Jets are doing, but like the the division they're in is quite good. Like Josh Allen and that Bills team is going nowhere. The Dolphins just keep adding talent day by day. Obviously, you know, to his health is going to be a big factor for them, but even with Aaron Rodgers with the current pieces this is a team that still probably needs some work this is a team that's bringing in new coaches this year Nathaniel Hackett's like going to be their first year OC and you know it wasn't too good last year so it's it's a lot of questions and man it just feels like now they're being forced to kind of delay the development of some of their younger players like what what are you supposed to do with Elijah Moore if you're bringing in a guy like Randall Cobb like what what are these what are these young assets that they've already invested money and draft capital into supposed to do when they have to sit behind Roger's 34-year-old best friends who are eating up a chunk of the salary cap, you know? I, I, I will say, Mercedes Lewis would be pretty awesome. Mercedes Lewis, I hope, plays until he's, like, 75. One of my favorite players to watch. Absolutely awesome. Just a sixth offensive lineman out there. I love watching him block, people. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just it's just ridiculous. And, I mean, the Jets have to feel so, like, just, just like, marionetted, just, just bamboozled. Like, they've basically had to sit out of free agency. The Packers have been very confused because – They just don't know. They don't know how much is going to be available. Apparently, they're still not, like, from what I've seen, they're still not sure on the exact trade compensation or contract details for it. So it's like, even though it sounds close, it doesn't sound like the details are really as ironed out as it was originally made out to be. And it's kind of like, man, at this point, like, if it doesn't end up working out, I think Aaron Rodgers probably retires. I think both teams will just, like, what, where where does he go at this point? There's not another team that will have the money to give him what he wants. I think he'd probably at least sit out a year, but, like, if you're the Jets and it gets to that point, like, you'd honestly probably be saying, good riddance, what, are we going to spend all this money for this for this massive headache? I know you'd probably hope that it can work out in this, in this dream scenario where he comes in right away and pulls a Tom Brady, but, like, guys, Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers handled their situation so much differently. Tom Brady came in and took less money and was saying, you know, I'm going to and like the players Tom Brady brought with him were a Hall of Fame tight end and you know Antonio Brown had his antics, but Antonio Brown is a very productive player when he plays. Aaron Rodgers is wanting to bring with guys that are well past their prime and guys that don't help this team and as I've you know, as I've said, that only delay the pieces the pieces that they already have in place in their development. So I don't get it, man. It's I'm glad I'm glad that the Broncos don't have him. Boom. I one one I just
2: one thing on that like what was interesting what Frankie is saying just to add on to that like because Car- Carmen when um she was on previously had talked about like when Brady was leaving the Patriots like he really did his homework and he met with ownership and um he you know he was only going to teams that would compete and that were kind of willing he was willing to take and this is where I think the and Brian, you and I have talked about this. Like, we're Patrick Mahomes. If you are that, that level of QB and you can go to ownership and you can say, I will take a haircut on the proviso that you guarantee me that you will spend every penny we have on trying to win a Super Bowl. And I go back to the fact that we are not even 24 months on from the Chiefs having $147 in cash says. Uh, but that's what you want. Um, so the the the, the Rodgers piece is interesting. He is going to a, a decent team, but would you you know? I mean, may, look, maybe there's surprises. When Brady went um, there to to the to the box. You know, nobody thought they were going to be Super Bowl champions. I doubt that is going to be the case. I think that may be, you know, signs of the apocalypse. If Aaron Rodgers goes to the Jets and they win a, a Super Bowl in his first season, um, you know, that definitely might sound the, the, the trumpet to, to, for end times. Um, But yeah, I think Frankie is right. It, it has been handled very differently from, say, the the Peyton Manning and, and um, Tom Brady but I suppose they were free agents as opposed to... Um, this is a trade, albeit by the sounds of things the Packers no longer want their, you know, former franchise, QB.
0: I haven't checked the odds, and I'll just throw it out now. Who's the favourite for this division if Rogers goes there? Jets or Bills? Yeah. Or Riddler? You still, still believe the Bills? that would have been Bills for me, yeah. I... I mean, you got
2: but you gotta look at like surely the what the dolphins have done moves the needles a little
0: a little bit on them as well. So it makes for a great division. Um, really it, it really does. Yeah, the Falcons. Colin, the um, Orlando who um, we had on last week's podcast and we touched on last night from the Atlantic Constitution. He nailed it. He said that they would go. They order was to go after Saints players and Caden Ellis was signed during the night in their defensive attack on the Saints. have taken. Two defensive tackles off off their team. And that's really where I was going to go. But then today, the news breaks that Taylor Heineggie has signed for them. And Deion Arnold actually genuinely couldn't get his head around where they were going to go with QB. He couldn't believe the story that was out there that they weren't going to consider pursuing Lamar Jackson. But having made this signing today, it doesn't seem to me like they are going to go after Lamar Jackson. Because like, where does that really... I'm not saying Taylor Heineggie should be going in there immediately as a starter they have. You know, Ritter there and he played for, you know, in the back end of the season and there's not enough sample size to know whether he really is to rightfully be the, the number one quarterback. But bearing in mind where they were picking in the draft, I felt he wouldn't consider a quarterback. So I did find this one a bit of a surprise. I know he's a local lad, he's from the area, but I wouldn't have thought he were, like, okay. He wasn't really... He could have fell into the role with the, with the commanders, you know. He was the start of one year. He got injured, he dropped, he's, he dropped out. They had problems again this year. With Carson Wentz, he came back in and it looked like he was going to save the day. And then he kind of revert back to the player in which he is, which is probably your average quarterback in the league. I'll go, actually, I'll ask you, first, Frank, like, do you see a scenario where he'll be the starting quarterback next season? Or do you think he's just in there as a... Is he the bridge quarterback again, as knew it, and last team is looking to put themselves in the sweepstakes for next year's quarterbacks in the draft.
1: Yeah, I'd say... I don't know if he'll necessarily come in as the starter. It seems like they have a little bit of faith in Desmond Ritter, as do I. But, I mean, I, I think it's a really good move for them, honestly. I think, you know, this is a team that had plenty of money to spend. So, I it's for what the contract is, I don't think it really hurts them too much. Um, teams upgrading their quarterback room, I think, is kind of an underrated thing, even if it's not your starting quarterback. Having a solid, competent room is really important, especially if you're a team like the Falcons that don't have an established starter. You're able to, you know, say Desmond Ritter doesn't look good next year, you can throw in Taylor Heineke, and your young receiving core of Kyle Pitts and Drake London are still able to kind of have competent play out there they can still kind of get you some wins and you can still see how the offense looks underneath everything and people can still somewhat develop instead of you having nobody. Like you said, it gives you the option that they can look to go into a QB next year and have him play kind of that developmental role. I think it's a great move for them. You know, I think he's a guy that probably has a lot to offer in terms of being like a teacher for a guy like Desmond Ritter or for whatever young QB they've brought in. He's gone through a lot of different experiences playing for the commanders. This is a guy that's been a backup and a starter and, you know, he doesn't know what he's going to be the next week. So, I think that's kind of a solid move for them. Again, I mean, for what the money is, this is a team that came in with, I believe, the second most cap space or one of the most cap spaces in the league. They've got money to blow, and, I mean, it's. I think it's a two-year $20 million deal. I can't imagine there's too many guarantees on that second year. So, I mean, you know, I I think, again, fine fine move. Not necessarily overpaying. If you're going to overpay at a position, having a quarterback to, you know, be your placeholder if Desmond Ritter ends up kind of, even if you need to sit him down for a couple of weeks next year and then let him take the reins back over, you know this kind of gives you the opportunity to do that. So a good move for them. And then Caden Ellis too. I like it. Kind of matches up with their defense, their new defensive coordinator, who is once again from the Saints. So good move for the Falcons. I, I like.
0: Colin uh, honey, obviously, has come from the Commanders. Bit of a startling all-round speculation that come whenever particular time it is tomorrow, eight o'clock our time, Irish time, um, three o'clock. For Frankie Death. Uh, and Lamar Jackson is someone that the commanders are going to go after. Potentially they've secured a two offensive line guys this week, albeit Nick Gates has had his injury troubles and serious operations, and they brought the guy in who was really effective with the Chiefs. I mean, I'm wondering where where, where the commanders are going to go with the quarterback. Essentially, they've let their starting quarterback go. Carson Wentz has been released. They're too for me, they're too high in the board in terms of the draft to, to secure the quarterback of the top four. Is it the Lamar show? Is this the parting gift from the from the owner on his way out at some stage?
2: Um, well, well, given the de facto contempt which Dan Schneider has treated that once storied franchise with, I'd be utterly amazed if he he was to sign at Lamar <laughs> anything. Anything in the NFL is, is possible and, and one never, ever knows. And I mean, look at anything in sport is possible, Brenda. What comes to mind when we're talking about this is, remember Alan Sugar once upon a time uh, throwing Jürgen Klinsmann's jersey in the bin, uh, only to uh, need to sign Jürgen the German to get them out of relegation trouble and uh, just a, a little while later. So... I I find it very difficult to believe that uh, he would he would go there. I would have thought that the commanders were probably front and centre in the teams that might be in the Gail Williams sweepstakes under and a new owner. I can't like, like Lamar is looking for huge money. Understandably, uh, I've talked about the fact I'm a massive Lamar Jackson fan. You're going to have to put that money in Espro immediately, like. Where where Dan Schneider's not going to want to to do that unless he there's stuff going on behind the scenes and he's been told you know if you can secure Lamar it'll add X amount to the asking price and, and it makes uh, it worth their their while um, but my goodness my if that was to happen tomorrow right. It would be utterly hilarious if it happened five minutes before Aaron Rodgers announced or five minutes after Aaron Rodgers announced because it would absolutely, uh, you know, blow that out of the water. if that word to app.
0: Well, Aaron Rodgers will be on Pat McAfee at 1 p.m. Eastern time, 5 p.m. local time here. 12 o'clock for you, Frankie. So, look, it looks like he, it's all about him in the terms. Of, it's all on his terms, essentially. I'd imagine he would announce the deal tomorrow. Matt Ryan has just been released in the past hour from the Colts. It uh, probably doesn't come as any surprise. Maybe he'll be the commander's quarterback next season. Uh, oh, but Brian, no, no, the big, the big news about the
2: Matt Ryan thing, I don't know if you saw it. I'm sorry. Go, go. Uh, Matt Ryan's agent, uh, talk about your agent doing you a solid, negotiated uh, a, a, a deal last year um, that uh, there was an extra year added, a guaranteed $12 million which wasn't on his contract previously. So the Colts have to pony up 12 million to Matt Ryan. So this is, yeah. Um, wow. Um, so kudos to, um, to to Matt Ryan and his agent. And so, yeah, that just came out with the last kind of five minutes. And I see it has led to um, Andrew Brandt saying he is first ballot Hall of Fame in uh, you know, the, the Business Hall of Fame. But yeah, twelve twelve million for sitting on uh, sitting at home, um, enjoying yourself.
0: We shouldn't laugh too much, Colin, because um, yeah, Frank. At the end of the season, we reflected on our, you know, player of the season pick, or you know, our offensive player of the season, rookie come, rookie player. You know, the comeback of the year. We all picked the Colts of the division. We all felt that Matt Ryan was the perfect quarterback to go in there and resolve the Carson Wentz uh, situation. So. Yeah, look, it's amazing well, 12, what happens seven or eight months later. It's It was never a, a good pick, but there was bigger issues there. Uh, Stephen Gilmore from the Colts has gone to the Cowboys to save him for a fifth-round compensation okay. um, pick. So, interesting one. I think the Cowboys fans are in free fall last night. It's quite a, a number of them over here. Frankie and last night they weren't happy with the lack of action um, by the Cowboys. And, and obviously, uh, Dalton Schultz is still out there and doesn't look like he's going to be returning. He's been a really productive tight end for them. Callum Dalvin Tomlinson went to the Browns last night big contract and again when I speak to D.R. Anderson he really felt that would be something that the that the Falcons would have went after he was really strong with the Giants and they just couldn't figure out a way of paying him and Leonard Williams at the time and he was really good for the Vikings so it's a huge loss and the Browns yesterday did some work in terms of the Deshaun Watson contract it's amazing he gets his contract and within 12 months they're restructuring to make 30 million available and they put large parts into that Dalvin Tomlinson, Dale. I mean to me I thought the Browns defense was quite good last year in so in another game. It wasn't really them that was causing the problems. But bumper contract for Davin Tomlinson.
1: Yeah. It seems like yeah a great... Yeah, no, Frank, you Fergie, you take that one. Yeah, no, it seems like a great deal for them. I mean, they needed a presence in the middle. It sounded like they had a lot of interest in Draymond Jones and didn't end up being able to get him, but this is such a solidified good stout run defender them for them to put in the middle of uh, Miles Garrett and whoever they put on the opposite side, you know, so I think it's an, a really nice move for them, the deal doesn't seem too bad, like you have said, he's been a productive player wherever he's been, so I expect him to be pretty good, uh, I'm, I'm excited to see what he can do, and, they, and they're and they changing over like defense coordinators so it should be exciting to see how the new DC is able to utilize him
0: Colin, any thoughts on that before I move on to kickers are people too, and bunches are people too
2: um, well, just hey, I suppose for the the Vikings, um, they are they are kind of this year in some ways dealing what the Giants were dealing with last year and kind of the mess that a previous regime has kind of left them in. But it's it's funny that it's a year on that's kind of kicked in for for them, and um, you know they're they're having to to make some moves to ensure that they will obviously be under the the cap. So. I have no doubt that they will be disappointed. But that's just the nature of this. You cannot keep everybody. Um, you know, that um so they, they, they will obviously have have moves to to make to kind of replace the the players who have departed for them, but the issue for for the Vikings really is they this offseason is sorting out that defense because that was just such such an issue for them last year.
0: Yeah, it's kind of unique because whilst all these teams are agreeing deals, um, every team has to be under the cap by uh, tomorrow evening, our time, before a new business league, NFL business league starts, and then they have to reconfirm the cap in the summer with all these new deals, so a lot of, I'd imagine being a lot of players still being <clears throat> cut tomorrow when recontracts coming. Matt Gay, kicker, he was with the Rams, he won a sit ball, and arguably he's one of the most consistent kickers in the league, but he's kind of one of like floats under the radar, but I don't think he'll probably be floating today bearing in mind the contract which has been offered to him he's moving from the Rams to the Colts twenty-two and a half million, um, over two I think over two or three years a sizable contract for a kicker but I did ask myself the Rams aren't in a great situation okay in fairness they've got a lot of work to do and it looks like they are trying to trade away on other assets Jalen Rams he's got Alan Robinson is freely available there's even a story on Cooper Cup but um, it's amazing what players will do for money because he's going into the Colts which is the best situations I'm sure things will quickly change there but we put out and having the money to be paid out to kicker, uh, Frankie, be a kicker Frankie were you surprised by that one. man I yeah I, I don't know man I think if you're the Colts
1: like that's a that's a very luxury type of move that like this team is like looking like it's about to kind of be one of the one of the teams trying to figure themselves out um I don't know I don't really see how this move really moves the needle for them and again when you're talking about how much money they're spending like it's not the end of the world and I mean obviously kickers are people too and I mean they're 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 valuable to NFL teams but it's just like you you kind of you'd kind of rather see them invested into something that might be a bit more uh fruitful for them something that might help out the young quarterback that they eventually go to I mean like I I don't know that's definitely the way I would rather go for it I can't imagine I'd be too excited if I was a Colts fan because it's just like again what are we even going to get into field goal range? You know, who's throwing the ball? So uh, that I think that would probably be my biggest concern.
0: Uh, Colum, Emmanuel Mosley, um, formerly with the 49ers, really strong player, cornerback last year, gone to the Lions. The Lions have done some really nice pistols over the past the 54 hours, so you can understand why Cameron thinks to potentially be favorites. And then another player within the division, Kendrick, the linebacker that was released by the Vikings, picked up by the Chargers. And you touched on a quiet period. And last night's show, we suggested that. Probably the Chargers didn't see a scenario during this offseason where they would be trading Austin Eckler. But today, and it kind of to what we were saying last night, they probably looked at the situation now, having had the request and they've agreed to it and they've allowed this agent you now to go explore potential opportunities. And there's already talk of the Bengals probably considering him and the Jets, um are you surprised and they're not willing to do more to keep him? I know we touched on last night briefly, but like to within twenty four hours give the agent the, the openness to go and pursue the trade, it's I, I find it a little bit surprising. It's been such a good asset, sorry, for for Herbert in particular.
2: Yeah, but I think with the, the 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 issue is that like you can get like running backs like think about like say for the the, the Broncos last year and the fact that you know that they ended up with a guy who Ended up being their top running back on the year, who started off on on a, a practice squad, um, Latavius Murray, and we've seen that kind of time time and again. I think there is just a, a, a plethora of solid running backs out there, and yeah, is is Eckler? Does he does he offer you a little bit more? Sure, but isn't enough to to really invest in him? Can you really trust him? Does he really move the the needle that much? And we talked about it, I think, previously. Like, there were three running backs that went over 1,500 yards last year and none of those teams made the playoffs. Look at the fact that, like, the two teams who made it to the Super Bowl for the Eagles, that was running back by committee. And realistically, that was all their, their O-line, you know? um, I could nearly have gone back there and, and had done something. um, But, and then for the, the Chiefs, I. The Chiefs, well, the running backs seemed to just come kinda of come alive turned into December and their running backs kinda of came alive, but it wasn't like you looked at their running backs and went, yeah, this is the, the real kind of di- difference maker. So I, I think when you consider and we talked a little bit about, you know, the Chargers have if they want to be, you know, take that next step. I mean they were they would be disappointed with how the, the season ended. Um given you know the the way it, it ended obviously so I think they will have to look at it and say you know we've got the harbour contract coming up that is going to have to happen they're going to have to pay him big money so they're going to have to look at it and I think maybe that's why and they figure you know there'll be somebody in the the draft and you know they remember also they've changed offensive coordinator Um, so that they're hoping that um, you know that is going to change I think they're going to see herbert kind of push the ball down the field because that was one of the things that was so frustrating i think that's one of the big questions for next year that we'll probably get into in the coming months is was that down to you know the oc or was that down to justin herbert maybe being conservative and not wanting to put the ball in harm's way i think that would be an interesting discussion for us to have at some point
0: frankie Sorry, just two quick ones for you because they're quite a probe Was we've been on the show. So if I was bringing a surprise to you, um I, I'm, I apologize. Uh, James Bradbury has re-signed with the Eagles um, bearing in mind what they lost yesterday over the course of, you know, 24 hours. It probably doesn't come as a surprise that they re- needed to secure him and the fact that Slay seems to be up for a trade. Andy Dalton has found the new home. Do you want to have a guess to where he's going or have you, have you heard? I don't
1: know where he went, so let's see here. Maybe did he go to like you go to Minnesota, that's my guess. Panthers. Ooh, okay. It's kind of juicy. It's kind of juicy. So, uh, the Dalton move, I don't mind. I mean, Frank, I, I really like what Frank Reich is doing in Carolina, the staff he's put together, acquisitions they've made. I think that that's going to be a team I enjoy watching a lot this year. But then, um, yeah, getting back to, I just want to touch back on the Eckler point real quick. The Joe Lomb- moving from Joe Lombardi to Kellen Moore, I think you're just going to see such a less prioritization on making the uh the running back be the the highlighted player of the offense. So I, I do think that you, it's just a move that kind of makes sense for them and it lets them kind of switch up a little bit. But then um, yeah, I'm sorry. Who is was who the other player? Sorry, the first one you mentioned.
0: Oh, I'm sorry, James Bradbury resigning hey. um with the Eagles. Yeah, really good move for the Eagles. I, I think being able to keep them a high level
1: corner for them and with one of the best secondary coaches in the league is awesome. Uh, interesting to see what they end up doing with Darius Slay if they were able to keep that CB tandem that would be pretty cool, also what they do with Chauncey Gardner-Johnson because it doesn't seem like he's going to be coming back, so I mean yeah I, I think it's a smart move, I didn't end up seeing the details on the money for it, but I'd imagine they didn't have too much money, so I can't I, I doubt
0: it's too big of a deal How's it hasn't come out? Yeah, it's just uh, bro- broken the last year that he's been maintained, and I think it's on a two year contract, so it, they'll be happy with that. Column, uh, before we close, uh, anything in particular you want to touch on are you happy enough
2: Uh, I mean look I think at this point the the kind of backup money in the the NFL for QBs is kind of 4 or 5 million so Dalton getting that I I think also um, you know Andy Dalton has um, has probably reached a point in his career where he recognizes what his role is so uh, I think bringing in a veteran like him can can help um, you know and I think it will be interesting especially with the the because i agree with frankie i really like that the coaching staff that they have there um you know what they you know how quickly i suppose they they play i'm all in favor of playing qbs kind of as as quick as you can um and i think that's especially you just want to get the the most out of them um they're one, one of the things that had kind of um Co-op and something that maybe sometimes goes a little bit um, under the, the radar is sometimes teams end up kind of picking people up because uh, of how they have um, kind of played against them. And uh, Shan Reed, uh, who um, we've had on the show, has an amazing podcast out at the at the moment, kind of highlighted that um, the the Raiders. Sorry to pick on the Raiders, but they're signing a Steelers uh, linebacker, uh, Robert Spellan. A two-year deal worth up to nine million, with four million guaranteed. And uh, Reid was kind of pointing out that, like, he's made um, five starts uh, la- last year. I um, mean, was more of a rotational player, but suddenly he's getting like decent money. Um, but it was pointed out that uh, two of his three uh, highest tackle- tackling games came against the Raiders. So coaching staffs tend to take notice of that sometimes, like what you did against them. Um, and that can factor in a lot um, because it sticks in your mind. If, if you had trouble dealing with a guy, um, then that can be something that sticks in a coach's mind and, and comes up uh, a, a little bit later. So that, that we'll see. And um, I see uh, some some comments from from Keith and from Luke uh, around um, the... The, the Dolphins. So um, you know, the they're certainly a team that, you know, is uh is having uh you know a lot of hype in the, the off season. So we talked about it the other night there the expectations I think will be will be pretty high for the Dolphins next year.
0: Uh Luke we addressed that one earlier it looks like uh, Pat he's on the Pat Mc, uh, McAfee show tomorrow, five o'clock hours time. So I reckon yeah uh, uh, that's that's the, the final. We'll find out we'll it. Well own oh, TV becomes officially as Um But one for you, Frankie, before we wrap up, because uh, one of our local comedians here, um, obviously didn't get the uh, the notice that you are on the show now, and he's asked. Um, I assume he's referring to you, Frankie. He's saying, "Oh, it's Justin Bieber." Oh, <laughs> wow!
1: Can <laughs> you <laughs> go? No, that's that's me. I'm Frankie. You know, I'm Frankie. I'm, I'm part of the show now. I, I got the. I'm, I'm the. I'm the American. The the over the pond. The, the over the pond pal.
0: Goodwin Karlsvors. Goodwin Karlsvors. So,
1: exactly. Maybe it's Colin. I don't know. Colin Colin's Colin's got that look, you know. You could you could be him.
0: <laughs> no. Look, uh, we're close on that note, we're gonna, we're gonna wrap up the show. Uh, look, we'd like to thank our partners, USP Sports, who we've partnered up with for the for the uh, the coming months. Um, some great offers online, 25% off online 20% off in the store. Uh, we're also running some competitions this week. Free hoodie, free hats. Um, just follow our new YouTube channel. Uh, we'll have the information across our social media platforms in the coming days. With your yeah, keep keep an eye and uh, don't forget the, the
2: podcast as well uh, yeah. Brian yeah. um and uh, w- uh g- given you had the Justin Bieber joke one final thing that I saw uh, which was quite humorous was um somebody mentioned? Obviously, one team that we haven't talked about at all really um uh, is uh, Christina's beloved New England Patriots, who have not really done anything. And I saw mention uh, saying that maybe the Patriots' free agency money was tied up in SVB.
0: I saw someone today discuss the fact that they've got a hundred million in cap space next year, and they're they're already teaming yet. I think they signed an offensive tackle Anderson from the Broncos today. But Bernard Moyne I never heard you really speak much about him in a good way. Um, I think I know what your thoughts are. And- De-
2: decent guy, kind of a, a a swing tackle can come in and, and do a job. Not probably, probably not a, a starter realistically.
0: So when you say decent guy, the kind of guy you go for a beer with, as opposed to signing him in the NFL. Uh- yeah, and like
2: a good a good guy to have around like, as a as a backup. I mean. You you can't have like people. There has to be good camaraderie. There has to mm. be you know people who are willing to kind of know that they're not going to be be starters, but will stay ready and come in to to do a job. Um, but it's probably like a, a you know a testament to maybe where they're at currently. Um, and uh, cheers to to Keith. Yeah, I'm glad you're enjoying the the content. Yeah. We will have lots more to come throughout uh,
1: the the rest of the the off season. Maybe the Patriots are saving that money for uh, for Lamar Jackson. Maybe they maybe they're secretly in on it. Bill 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 Bill's just Bill's just plotting over there. You know, he's about to try to make a move. That would be amazing. Is that
2: is that why they they signed Cam Newton that that time was just to test. They were it. just testing exactly. Well, but
1: just they're just giving it a look. You know, exactly right. On that note, we're
0: wrapping up. So, no water where where OBJ is going, you know, if the way continues, to, the refreshing of Twitter continues daily until we find out where he's gone. Uh, plenty of podcasts throughout the course of the week Uh, potentially could be live later in the week or early next week but obviously update people in due course but for now thanks guys and uh, we'll talk later in the week good morning guys